Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. I'm delighted on this episode to be talking with a comics creator and I would say comics advocate, a person who works with young people in the world of comics, and that is creator Steve Barr. Steve, thank you for jumping on and talking with me for a few minutes today. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to see you. Yeah, great to see you. You have previously done a written interview with me um, when I was sort of putting those out on the blog and still have those out there for folks to check out, but delighted to be talking with you on a videoed interview today to talk about the work that you've done in the world of comics. You have a variety of books out, sort of how-to spaces on comics, um, drawing creatures, drawing animals, and uh, other things of that nature. And then you also have an organization, some work that you're doing called Drawn to Help that I know that we'll want to talk about as well. Well, ask away. What would you like to know? All right. All right. Sounds great. Um, so my first official question is um, I'm curious about what you've seen in the power of comics for readers and creators. I think there's something on your website about comics being a healing thing. Yeah, and we can talk a little bit more about that when we get into Drawn to Help, but mm -hmm. uh, cartoons people can just get lost in them, both the creators and the readers, and just totally escape for a little while. Um, for me personally, the power of cartoons are that when I was little, I just want, and still, I just want to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. I want to make them smile, make them happy. And I think I shared privately with you that my first memory of drawing a cartoon was in fourth grade when I copied Mickey Mouse onto my desk. Um, <laughs> I'm so old, desks were wooden back then, so it kind of carved into the desk, and all my classmates were yelling and screaming and thought it was great and complimenting me, and that drew the teacher's attention, and she wasn't quite as thrilled, mm -hmm. and she made me stay after school and scrubbed that desk until it was clean, or as clean as I could get it. But at the end of that, she handed me a bunch of pencils and paper and said, try drawing on paper from now on instead of furniture. Mm -hmm. So by fourth, by fifth and sixth grade, I was writing and drawing my own comic books and selling them to my classmates for their lunch money. And almost all of them are still skinny. And I look like this. I ain't really good. <laughs> I had right. a little where I always continued them, so they had to buy the next one. Um, and by seventh grade, I was selling my cartoons to newspapers and magazines, and I've been doing it for the rest of my life uh, ever since. Just really enjoyed it. The power for me is I'm having fun, and I'm helping make other people laugh or smile at the same time. And that's important to me. Yeah. Uh, as a teacher, I love hearing that story of the teacher that um, had you then create on paper. I'd like to think, I'd like to think that I would have had you paint and fully illustrate a mural out that on the desk because that, that Mickey Mouse is not a bad thing to have on a desk. And I'm thinking about right now, our school, the school that I teach at is doing murals on the walls and things like that for the art club. So uh, I'd like to think that I would have done that, but, but good on them for giving you the paper instead of just squelching it completely. 
I've written 13 how to draw cartoon books mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. publishers, and one is dedicated to my seventh grade teacher, Mrs. Verlander. Uh, she was very strict, but I loved her, and she was always encouraging me. And she was my seventh grade teacher, and when I sold my first couple of cartoons and checks came in, I started goofing off. I was a good student, and all of a sudden, my grades dropped. My attention dropped in class, and she figured it out, and she sat down with me. I tell kids at libraries and schools this. Um, She said, you know what? Now that you've figured out what you're going to do with your life, now every subject becomes more important. And Mm -hmm. she explained to me, math, I was going to have to measure things to make sure they fit on the page. I was going to be self-employed, so I'm going to have to figure out the value of my work and how to build people. English, I'd be working with graduates who would be very touchy, even in my first letter, about punctuation, grammar, and spelling. Mm -hmm. And she was absolutely right, and I buckled down. I found out she also said, you know, you're really going to have to learn to research things. If you want to put the Eiffel Tower in the background, you have to know how to find those images. And I will be eternally grateful to her um, for what she did for me then. I love that. love that. Yeah. I'm curious about how you went from uh, sort of a seventh grader, getting this inspiration from a teacher to then beginning to publish. What what was the creative journey like for you? It was an exciting fun ride. Um, I remember the first paycheck I got in the mail, I ran to the local post office and got my own box so I would be a professional mm-hmm. and a business address. And the second one, half of it went into my first bank account and the other half went for more supplies and stamps and envelopes. And, uh, and I was off and running. Uh, I, I searched everywhere I could for, um, new customers. Mm-hmm. And so and always reading the insides of comic books and magazines to find the art director. And, uh, one time my family and I were camping, I was probably 12 or 13 and I found in the trash can at a campground in New Jersey uh, a magazine called Runner's World. Uh-huh. And I took them home and read them. And for several years, I, I was in every issue they had. I did book covers for them. So trash picking actually paid off really well <laughs> in that instance. Um, my sophomore year of high school, I was going to a private school in Asheville, and on a Sunday, a mail truck pulled up, and that was unheard of in those days. And the mailman said, hey, do you know where I can find Steve Barr? And I'm like, well, I'm him. What are you doing here on a Sunday? He said, I have a special delivery. And it was my first illustration assignment I ever got for an entire book. Um, So... I was earning a pretty decent living, even in high school. And later on in life, I did a syndicated comic strip called Snapdragon for Trivia Media Services. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell the kids, when you talk about like research, I really wanted to do my own books. 
just real simple books for younger children, teaching them how to draw cartoons. And for months, I searched the internet and looking for somebody that would be receptive to that. And all of a sudden, I found a place called Peel Productions, and they were actually looking for somebody to do a series. They did other art instruction books. So I went to their website and read up about them, and I approached them, and they wrote back, and they said, we'd be really interested in working with you. Here's the two closest places to you where you can find our products and figure out if you think you're a fit. Mm -hmm. But man, what an amazing database they must have to tell me the two places, places to tiny little Columbus, North Carolina. And then I scrolled down to the bottom of their website and they were located in Columbus, North Carolina. <laughs> they were three miles away. And the next day, the publisher was sitting at my dining room table signing a deal for the first three books. That led to library and school appearances. Mm -hmm. And those led to the hospital visits. And at this point, the hospital programs through Drawn to Help have totally taken over my life. And it's my favorite thing I've ever done in my life. Uh -huh. it, those other things led to this. So, so this is the time in the interview where I was going to ask about Drawn to Help. Um, so can you say a little bit more about what the organization does and, and what you've seen come as a result of this work so far? Well, Drawn to Help started when a very dear friend's son was diagnosed with leukemia and he fought a pretty valiant battle. Um, and she saw what art therapy did for the kids in the hospital, including her son. And so she was talking to me one day and she said, Hey, you go to schools and libraries, why don't you go visit kids in hospitals? They'd go crazy for cartoons. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. Well, easier said than done. Trying to get access to a children's hospital is a pretty involved process, but um, all of a sudden, the children's hospital in Knoxville, Tennessee said, yes, come over. And then when they saw what these programs did, and it was just me as an individual at that time, they said, they started contacting other people in the medical field. And all of a sudden I was going to Duke um, up in Durham and then Nashville, Tennessee. And we expanded to Memphis and we went into Florida and, um, and it just took on a life of its own. And we had to form a nonprofit. I met a young man in the hospital in Durham who um, was an aspiring cartoonist. I didn't know he was getting his third heart transplant. Mm -hmm. um, but when I first met him, we just bonded. And a couple of weeks later, they contacted me and they said, he's giving up. Can you do something to come up and help lift his spirits? And I went up and I hung out with him in an isolation room, totally covered head to toe, protective gear and a tank of air, you know, and, um, and I sat down and he was laying with his back to me and he was really depressed. And I just tapped him on the back and I said, I am not your father. And he cracked <laughs> up laughing and we spent about two and a half hours together. 
he made a deal with me that if he got feeling better by that September, we would go to a comic con together in Raleigh with his family. Um, but while he was recovering and then they found out he needed a kidney transplant, we had other cartoonists working with him. And I reached out to cartoonists and illustrators around the world and said, you got to keep this kid fighting. Can you please send him original art, little um, notes calling him fellow cartoonist and, mm -hmm. and just um, cheer him on? That led to other cartoonists saying, hey, can you help me do this in my own area? And that's how Drawn to Help was born. Um, and then we discovered... We were invited to come to the Children's Hospital um, in Cincinnati, and we had a great lineup of guys to go, and um, they have a Seacrest Studios, and Ryan Seacrest has built functioning TV stations inside Children's Hospitals, and you're live on the air. The kids that are healthy enough can come down and join you in person, mm -hmm. and the kids can watch on TV. And that led to Seacrest is also in Charlotte, North Carolina. We do visits there. Um, they're in Nashville. Um, they just recently opened one in Memphis where we have great volunteer out there. And it just completely took on a life of its own. Um, what we do as an organization is we bring cartoonists and children's book illustrators and comic book artists into into see the children individually uh -huh. um, we also do group group sessions at um, camps and and at some of the hospitals and we draw with them and for them and each child gets a packet of art supplies that they get to keep so uh -huh. they can experience the healing power well after we've gone home and they also, we've had a wonderful response, and we always need these, but um, different artists and, and authors have sent us autographed books to give to the children, and it makes them feel so special that somebody they idolize or look up to has signed it and, um, you know, put a little um, note to the children in there. Mm -hmm. and, um, when and we we also give them drawing instruction books when and um, when COVID hit, it really it slammed a lot of nonprofits um, financially. Uh, access to hospitals was limited, so we began doing um, remote programming from people's studios, and the kids could watch in the hospital and join in, and then. I reached out again to um, cartoonists and artists around the world. We wanted to keep bringing the healing power of cartoons to these kids. So we created these little, I don't know if you can see them here, uh -huh, uh -huh. digital pencil. It's, um, it can be attached to a keychain or to a colorful lanyard. And if you pop it open inside the pencil, Oh, can you hold it over just a just a little bit? Uh, other way, <laughs> <laughs> sort of like in front of you. Let's see. Well, let me see. If you pop it open, 
Uh-huh. It, it's a library of art activities provided on this oh. platform. So the caregivers can stick that in any computer in the hospital or maybe the child's um, computer and print out anything that they want. There's all kinds of there's drawing instructions, there's coloring pages, there's all sorts of activities because what we're providing is called pleasant distraction mm-hmm. and it helps the children and the teenagers that we serve to forget what they're going through for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, art activities reduce stress. Um, they, they release um, healing agents into the body that actually can help the child begin. And, and they really help with anxiety. I've seen it over and over and over again when um, hospital employees will say, hey, this child may not be ready to see you. They've been really depressed. They're not speaking to any adults, including their parents. And they're going through a rough time, but we'll ask. And every time that child says, yes, bring them in, cartoons Mm. um, have this magical power to open doors and open hearts. Uh-huh. And by the time you leave their room, they're talking to their parents or their nurse about what they're going to do when they go home. And it, it, it is absolutely amazing. All of our volunteers have seen that happen. And I think it's what keeps us all going back, just knowing that we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so if I'm a, a creator out there, an artist, or someone who otherwise wants to support the work, uh, where are some places that I might go to get a little bit more information, get in contact with you and the organization? Well, Drawn to Help has a Facebook page, and you can contact us directly through that. Uh, We also have a website, www.drawntohelp, D-R-A-W-N-T-O-H-E-L-P, Mm-hmm. .com.net.org um, to reach us. There's a donation page on there if someone wants to help financially. Um, artists, we're, we're always looking for volunteers and, um, and also people that will contribute original artwork that we can raffle or auction or sell to raise funds. Um, we're always always in need of autograph books from authors and illustrators to give to the children mm-hmm. that has such a powerful impact um and so you know and we're open to new ideas as well um if you reach out we have an instance right just now a young man who just went through massive rounds of chemo um and had a bone marrow transplant and that's a really rough battle Uh and grandparents got in touch with me and asked if we could help and so we mailed him a box of all sorts of things i noticed he was wearing a captain america t-shirt in the picture they sent me and so our volunteer al bigley over in the charlotte area Uh i contacted him immediately he does a lot of work with drawn to help and uh, he sent a package, and we sent this young man art supplies, and um, and Al sent him a little statuette of 
Captain America and autograph print and some other things to cheer him up. And we just heard he's going home. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have to be homeschooled for several months. Um, you know, his immune system is really compromised. Mm-hmm. So one thing he didn't have with his homeschooling was art lessons. Well, ta-da. Um, Jean-Marc Grob, uh, who's also in the Charlotte area, is going to work with him remotely one-on-one to give him those art lessons. And so we can always use volunteers that they may not be able to visit the hospitals in person, but they can visit with patients um, from their own studios and give drawing lessons. All of that, it helps and it will make a huge difference in those children's lives. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Final question, and we can certainly throw anything in that we might have missed, but if folks out there are interested in checking out the books that you mentioned that you've done, um, where are some spaces that they might go to check out some of your work as well? They're pretty tough to find. Most of them are out of print at this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hoping to get some more of them out there at some point. Um, (laughs) One place you might find them is Facebook. Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the lightly used ones and everything. They're they're in libraries all around the country, and I I think you know this is being involved in the business. When you go into a library and you see your book and it's completely dog-eared and falling apart, mm-hmm. one of the highest compliments you can possibly get. Absolutely. And, um, the publisher of my first eleven, they needed a warehouse space and they donated thousands of copies of the books to us to give out. Um, so I do have some that I would sell um, if the money went to drawn to help, but uh, we do give them to the kids in the hospitals. I, I would love one day to do another book or two mm-hmm. at the same time. Doing a book is a pretty daunting, time-consuming process, mm-hmm. and and drawn to help takes up all of my time at this point. To we you know keep it going, we operate on a tiny little budget, um, but we do miraculous things with the money that we do have, and we're starting to get back into the hospitals that we couldn't go into due to COVID, mm-hmm. and we even just recently launched in Detroit, so. We're continuing to expand in spite of all the different obstacles, and and that's got to be my priority at this point. Yeah, yeah, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the work that you do and the time that you give and um, the way that you've networked and pulled people into the work and invited others to the work, too. Um, any final words about Drawn to Help or the power of cartooning before we close out? Well, <laughs> We see it all the time. Cartoons can help children heal. Mm-hmm. And that's what Drawn to Help is all about. I'm just, I'm honored and flabbergasted, actually, at the people that have joined in and helped out, whether it's with their art, whether it's with their books, or actually going to the hospitals and doing the visits in person. Um, it's just amazing. It went from me as an individual to just, I always say it's we. There's a whole bunch of us out there, and I'm just um, 
honored that those people are willing to give their time. So thank you for thank you for letting me give a little shout out. Anytime, anytime. Glad to talk anytime to share about the work and, and thanks for spending some time with me to not only write about it for the blog, but also to come on and uh, talk about it a little bit in this space. Well, I owe a lot to teachers and you're a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so. I wouldn't do anything else. Honestly, I wouldn't do anything else. So great. Um, I just wish I found drawn to help sooner because I wouldn't have done anything else either. I just, um, it's amazing to watch what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, much love for the work that you're doing and, and glad to put these words out into the world. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Thanks.